Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. It's made possible in part by contributions from podcast listeners. Please consider making a contribution by going to the Donate Now tab at mpbonline.org. Thanks for your financial support. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour and MPB Think Radio, where each week we talk with creative Mississippians. I'm your host, Maria Zarang, Folk and Traditional Arts Director at the Mississippi Arts Commission. And today I'm talking with Hill Country Blues musician Cedric Burnside. Cedric is the recipient of the Excellence in Music Award at this year's Governor's Arts Awards. Leading up to the ceremony in February, the Mississippi Arts Hour is celebrating all of the current Governor's Arts Awards recipients, so stay tuned for future episodes. Cedric has had a long and successful music career. He's a Grammy Award winner and a recipient of the NEA's National Heritage Fellowship Award, which is the highest honor a traditional artist can receive in the United States. I am so honored to talk to you today, Cedric. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so glad that uh, we can make it happen. (laughs) And we are here at Russ College in Holly Springs, a very uh, historical place in, in our state. Let's start at the beginning. You grew up uh, living uh, with your grandfather, R.L. Burnside, and your grandmother, Alice Mae Burnside. It seems like you were surrounded by music. It was always in the home. It was always around you. Can you talk about the importance of music to your childhood? Oh, yeah. Um, I can tell you a lot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, you know, just growing up... um, in the Burnside family and around my big daddy, you know, R.L. and my big mama, you know, Alice, they, you know, they had, um, they had 14 children. Actually, my bad. They had 13 children. And um, they had eight boys and five girls. And, you know, five out of the boys played music. And so, you know, my big daddy used to throw house parties Mm -hmm. every other weekend. And I was just one of many grandchildren, you know, out there kicking up dust and just, you know, looking in amazement. You know, yeah. um, I I was there, you know, most of the time just watching them play because this music was so, you um, it was so interesting to me, you know, being a kid. Uh, I want to say unique, but you know, I I was a kid. I didn't I didn't even know the word unique, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was so interesting to me. And I, I always said to myself, like, I, I want to play that music. You know, I want to play that music. And I was about six, seven years old. Um, and, you know, one evening, uh, my big dad and them, you know, they, um, my dad, Calvin Jackson, and, and you know, my uncle, uh, Uncle Daniel was on the lead guitar at the time. And, and Uncle Joseph was on the, um, on the bass guitar. And so, um, you know, they took a break and I was like, man, I want to get up there and play it. So I found the courage to jump on the drums when my dad, you know, took wow. a break. And um, yeah, I, I, I sounded pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, just having the courage to get up there, you know, was the, was the main thing. You know, I wasn't nervous. Um, and, you know, it was people there that was at the house party. They was like, look at that little boy on the drums. You know, he, he going to be good someday, you know. 
Yeah. Um, you know, me just getting up there is it's really what broke the ice. And, um, you know, I started playing just about every time they would have a house party, you know, every, you know, since then. And uh, I guess around about 10 o'clock, I mean, I'm saying 10 o'clock, but 10 years old, yeah. I was able to go to the juke joints and play at the juke joints at age 10 years old. Wow. And yeah. so that's kind of how you learned the drums was through kind of watching your dad, watching musicians watching him. play. Oh, okay. And, and kind yeah. of mimicking, mimicking his, his style, you know, which was yeah. very unique. Yeah, can you talk <laughs> I can about say that now. Uh, his was, style? What was his drumming oh, wow. style? Um, he had a, a awesome style, I have to say. But he, he had this thing where he always would play the ride cymbal. Mm-hmm. Um, he had the hi-hat. He would barely ever hit the hi-hat. You know, every now and then he would hit it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, most drummers, when they break it down, they'll break it down on the hi-hat. But he would break it down on the cymbal. He would make it go low. He would make it go high. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, it was just so unique. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he had a lot of people talking about his drumming style mm-hmm. because it was, you know, just so unique for a hill country. And it was it was definitely hill country. That's yeah. just what it was, hill country. Yeah, you and, know? you know, uh, actually I wanted to ask about that because, um, you know, there's many different, you know, styles of blues. You know, mm-hmm. you play uh, the hill country blues. So yeah. for our listeners who may not be familiar with some of those differences, can you just describe a little bit about what that hill country sound is? Well, I, I always tell people, you know, um, Hill Country Blues is it's its own thing, you know. Um, it's it's got its own little uh, unorthodox rhythm, um, you know. It's got its own little you know um, changes, um, and when you hear Chicago blues or or Texas blues, even Memphis blues, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, it's they normally do the twelve bar blues or the one four five, right. And hill country blues, you know, it, it really don't don't have the the yeah. one four five that much, you know. So you don't really hear it that much. Um, my big dad and them, they would stay on the one mm-hmm. for as long as they wanted to, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would stay on the one for as long as they wanted to, and and when they get ready to change, you just have to be ready. Yeah. You know, you have to just be watching them really, really closely. Yeah. Um, and that that kind of became you know, the style of the music, mm-hmm. you know, that's where the uh, unorthodox rhythm came from, you know, the the different changes come from. Yeah. Um, and it's just really soulful. Um, my big dad used to call it feel music. Feel music. You know, it just, you just feel it. You mm-hmm. know, it, you can't really tell you, um, tell a person how to play it or, or when you're gonna change, you just have to really feel it, you know, feel yeah. when they're gonna change. You know. Well, you know, it seems like that's kind of like <laughs> how you learned in a way, you know, uh, just kind of feeling it, you know, watching people and getting yeah. up there and trying yeah. it out for yourself. I would definitely agree. Yeah. Definitely agree. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think what, so you learned, you said six or seven, and um, mm-hmm. but then when you were 10, just a few years later, that's when you started uh, backing uh, your grandfather, right, uh, playing Well, I, I was playing a little bit with him, but um, I was mostly playing at the juke joint with Junior Kimbrough. Okay, yeah. And, um, you know, my uncle Gary Burnside, uh, he played bass, you know, um, for Junior. When he was about 12, he started playing bass. 
And I started playing the drums when I was about 10. So mm -hmm. we both would go over there, you know, on the weekends and and um, we would be part of the house band. And a lot of a lot of times, you know, the bass player didn't show up uh, and the drummer didn't show up. And so me and my uncle, you know, um, we had to be the one to, you know, play. And, um, you know, if we wasn't there, there was no music, you know, yeah. <laughs> wasn't no band. I, I, I would say that. Yeah. And so um, we would go over there and we would play and sometimes the police would come in and they would come and check the place. Well, um, they would find out that the police is coming and they would hide us behind the beer cooler, you know. Oh, okay. Oh, because y'all were age. <laughs> because we was underage, you know. And, <laughs> yeah. and if we, they sent us home, then we wasn't no band, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I guess they could always play solo music, you know. So right. uh, it works good, too. But... People was wanting to have the the drums and the bass so they can dance, you know, to the to the rhythms, you know. But um, they would hide us behind the beer coolers and and uh, to the police leave, and they would, you know, every now and then if we hungry, they'll give us a cheeseburger or something, you know, yeah. a, a pop or something to um, hold us over to the police leave. And yeah. When the police leave, we back on the instruments. Yeah, get back on jamming it. again, you know. <laughs> Seven again. Uh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> well, um, actually, I wanted to read a a, a quote that uh, it was about juke joints, and I thought it was so interesting okay. and uh, kind of poetic. You said, my whole life was a juke joint. My school was a juke joint. My church was a juke <laughs> joint. And um, I just kind of wanted you to talk a little bit about, like, the importance of the juke joint in your musical education. Well, um, you know, um, that was really true for me mm -hmm. you know as a kid um and just like just like i was just saying them um, you know growing up my big dad and them playing house parties and me growing up in the juke joint i really didn't go to church much you know uh matter of fact um you know if i'm gonna be honest i didn't really see too many of my family you know going to church so um um i was in the juke joint my whole life mm-hmm you know, um, and and I'm and I'm glad. You know, um, I I know the Lord these days. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but back then, um, it was all about the music. Uh, it was all about the culture. You know, and um, and I was deep in it, and I'm still deep in it to this day. You know, yeah. um, I I I wouldn't change a thing about growing up in the juke joint. Uh, I remember, you know, leaving the um juke joint. It was open mostly on Sundays. And I remember me and Gary leaving the juke joint, you know, three, four o'clock in the a.m., going to the house to take a, you know, a bath, and get ready for school. You know, the bus yeah. would the bus would run at six forty-five, seven o'clock. You know, right. so we would go home and and iron a few clothes and be sleepy and and just you know uh, take a bath and and get our clothes ready for school. Yeah, you know, sometimes we might have a uh, a chance to get a couple of hours of of sleep. You know, but for the most part, we just, you know, um, we'll leave the juke joint and yeah. go home and get dressed and, and go to school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what we would do. Wow. Well, it sounds like, you know, you had a lot of fun, you know, with your family making music. Oh, yes. Growing up. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bunch of fun, and, and I wouldn't change I wouldn't change nothing. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, uh, I wanted to ask you about the time when you were 13 
playing your first show out of the country in Toronto oh, uh, wow. back in your grandfather. Wow. Uh, <laughs> can you talk about that? What was that like here, you know, hearing an audience react to Mississippi music, you know, your family's music? That's a great question. I, I have to say, um, it was kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason why, um, you know, I I had been playing, you know, for for a few years um, at that time. Uh, and and I was pretty good, you know. I, I was pretty good at age thirteen, but uh, I had never been too many places, you know, uh, especially not to another country. And so I was kind of, you know, nervous at what they was gonna think about the music. You know, was they was they gonna like the music? You know, was they gonna dance like the people at the juke joint dance to the music? And um, you know, it, it was completely, you know. Um, not that I I cared, but it was completely you know a white audience. Yeah. You know all Caucasian audi- audience, and um and so I that made me even more nervous because I was like, uh, is they gonna like this music? You know. Yeah. And my big daddy he he looked back at me. He said, No, just do what you always do. Just do what you always do, and it's gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right. And I was like, oh, Okay, you know. Uh, and I I had butterflies. Mm-hmm. But after that first song, man, um, you know, people was up dancing. And when we ended that first song, they was clapping and they was hollering and they was whistling. And I was like, oh, okay, then, you know, the, the butterflies went away. Yeah. And, um, you know, we jammed out. Right. You know, wow. We jammed out. <laughs> and then from, from there on, you know, you've been all over the world, you know, with your own music, with your grandfather, yeah. right? Japan, yeah. all over Europe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, you, I guess, what was that? Was that in your early 20s? You spent a lot of time on the road. Uh, oh, yeah, well. With your grandfather, right? It was actually in my... Teens. <laughs> in then. my teens. Okay, teens, yeah. yeah. I, I started traveling a lot when I, I turned about 15, 16 years yeah. old. Um, you know, my big daddy, the music started... People have had heard of Hill Country Blues, but it wasn't really, you know, out there, mm-hmm. you know, yet like that. Um and when I turned about 15, 16 years old, man, um, that was in the, the late 90s, um, you know, around 95, 96, you know, yeah. um, right up in there. And um, that's when this music started to really, really, you know, reach people. Mm. And um, me and my big daddy, uh, there was times when we went to Europe four times in one year. Oh, wow. Yeah. And wow. um, uh, a couple of times we went to Australia twice, you know, in one year. Oh, wow. And so, um, you know, that's when I started to, you know, really, really um, focus on the road with my big daddy. And, yeah. And I wanted to be there. You know, I didn't want to be, um, you know, a musician that, um, you know, was hard to get, you know, get in touch with or, or late on the road. You yeah. know, so I, I just made that promise to my big daddy. I said... I'm I'm here, you know. You you want me, you got me. I'm I'm here. Yeah. You know, and, and he was he was happy for that. He was proud proud of that, um, because he had had you know uh, a few uh, times that people wasn't loyal, mm. you know. And so um, I was happy to do it. Um, he definitely opened the door for uh, the Burnside family, uh, as well as you know other great musicians who mm-hmm. love this style of music. Yeah. Um, but uh, I have to just thank the good Lord and, and Aria Burnside for, you know, opening the door for me and, and giving me that chance to, 
Yeah, know, yeah, of course. <laughs> make, make my own, um, you know, name out there. You yeah. Know? Yeah, because um, I was reading you had said that, uh, you know, R.L. Uh, Burnside, your grandfather, he taught you a lot about living life on the road oh, you know, as man, a musician. Yes. Um, yes, what yes. were some of the things that he kind of passed on to you? Well, you know, the first lesson I learned from my big daddy, other than, you know, treat people like you want to be treated, um, you know, going overseas, you would go to places where they would close up early. Mm -hmm. You know, like the city would shut down about 8, 9 o'clock, and, you know, all the restaurants and everything would be closed, and, and you would have to wait till the next day. And he said, man, what you need to do is pack your bags you know, get you some snacks and stuff and pack up in there. And, you know, I, I've never traveled like that before. Right, so yeah. uh, it was new to me. And so he was like, get you some, you know, some Vienna sausages, and, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> some sardines and, you know, pack your few crackers or something because, you, you know, a lot of them times you'll wake up and you'll be hungry and ain't going to be nothing open. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, big daddy, I got to pack all that. And so I did. I packed uh -huh. it. And sure enough, you know, we went some places and they shut up seven, eight o'clock, you mm -hmm. know, nine o'clock. And and I was like, wow, man, I am hungry. But <laughs> yeah. I had those beanie weenies and those, you know, Vienna sausages uh -huh. in, in, in my bag. So, yeah. um, you know, that's not the healthiest food, but. But it's something. You it know? Gets, gets you in a pinch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Hi, I'm Maria Zerang. You are listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The Arts Hour is a co-production of the Mississippi Arts Commission and MPB Think Radio. You can also listen to the show on Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5. To have access to all Arts Hour interviews, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Maria Zarang with the Mississippi Arts Commission, and today I'm talking with musician Cedric Burnside. All right, Cedric, welcome back. Um, you know, when we left before right. the break, yeah, we were talking <laughs> about touring and the early days of your career. Um, you know, you first started out on the drums, yeah. but then later on you decided to learn guitar. So when did you take up guitar and why? Well, I always thought that I would be playing guitar. Uh, I, I kind of knew eventually I was going to play. I, I picked up the guitar for the first time in 2003, and I started peeling around with it. Um, and I went on a tour with Kenny Brown, and we had a Japanese bass player at the time. His name was Takeshi Yomira. And uh, we went on tour with um, Jojo Herman, you know, from Widespread Panic. And Luther and Cody was on that tour. You know, they was backing him up. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I started piddling on the guitar, and Luther was like, man, you playing the guitar? I said, well, you know, I'm trying, you know. And uh, so Luther gave me my first guitar. Oh, wow. It was a acoustic harmony. It was light yellow. And, uh, and I loved that guitar, you know. Um, but what really made me, you know, want to play so badly is... You know, I always had to sound out my music, 
you know, to to somebody, you know, with my mouth when I write a song. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I never really knew <clears throat> what key the song is going to be in. So I hear it in my head, and I will have to sound it out to them. I'm like, it go like this, it go like this, and they they'll listen and then they'll play it. But it don't be exactly like it, you know. I hear yeah. it in my head, but I have to go along with it mm-hmm. because you know their field is their field. And so long as it were close, I would be like, okay, yeah, we'll work with that. You know, mm-hmm. we'll work with it. But when I learned, you know, how to play it pretty good, I was able to play it for them mm-hmm. and and show them, you know, what key I was in and, and how I wanted to be played. But I realized that, you know, people still have they feel. You you can't take they feel away from them. Yeah. You know, um, and so um, it still wasn't, quite what I had in my head and what I showed them. So I, I, I just told myself I need to get focused. Yeah. You know, I, I need to focus and, you know, just break down and just um, focus on the guitar and get it to where I can play my songs, mm-hmm. you know, myself. And um, and so that's, that's basically what I did. You know, I, I just worked really hard. You know, I was up day and night. Um, I always wrote songs. You yeah. know, it's, it's something that I do. Uh, I, I thank the Lord for that gift. Um, you know, it, it's something I always did is I, I was always able to write a song just like that. And But I wasn't always, you know, really good at putting music to it. So when I started playing the guitar and I was getting better and better, I was writing, you know, with the guitar now. And so now that was a totally different way of me writing other than just thinking about it in my head. And then playing the drums and, you know, trying to write it to the drums. Oh, wow. Um, so that was a totally different way of me writing. But I, I liked it. You know, uh, I, hmm. I really dug it. And, and I was like, okay, so I can make my voice sound like this key right here, you know. And, yeah. And so um, e- everything started coming together and I started writing more and more songs. And uh, I'm going to say around <clears throat> 2010, Mm-hmm. You know, 2010, 2011, I started to get out front more. Um, I was still playing drums, uh, and I started playing with uh, Lightning Malcolm um, around about 2009, and, and I started playing, you know, a couple acoustic songs uh, in the beginning of our set every night. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and the more I played, um, you know, the better I got, and to God be the glory. Um, and Malcolm was like, you know, you're you going to play uh, a few more acoustic songs tonight. And I was like, yeah, man, that's cool. You know, I appreciate you, you know, and, and I would get up there and play two or three more, you know. So this became like a ongoing thing and we made it part of the set. And um, mm-hmm. and so when I started doing that, Malcolm, which was a guitar player, awesome mm-hmm. guitar player, um, he wanted to play drums. So I had to show him wow. a little something on the drums so he can play, you know, drums with me when I play guitar. You know, I was doing about three songs and he was like, man, you know what would be really good is if I play some drums with you. But he didn't know how to play drums. Oh, wow. So I had to, you know, on our time off at home, we practiced a little bit and I showed him a little something on the drums and he got to where he can keep a little beat and, and hold a rhythm. Oh, you know? wow. Yeah. And so we, we was, you know, Kind of, you know, trying to get some stuff together to make things be a little bit different. Yeah. But good, you know. 
Oh, wow. I love that, that y'all kind of swapped (laughs) instruments and then taught each other, you know? Exactly. Yeah, y'all did what? uh, A couple albums together? You and Lightning and Malcolm? Yeah. Yeah. Juke Joint Duo and uh, uh, Two Man Wrecking Crew. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, people would call y'all the Juke Joint Duo, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's, you know. Oh, yeah. I'm I sorry, was just going to say, that's the name that we we kind of had our, you know, we made that name up ourselves. Oh, y'all did. Okay. Yeah, we're the Juke Joint Duo. We uh-huh. we grew up playing in them Juke Joints, right. you know, and, and we was a two-piece, so we called ourselves the Juke Joint Duo. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that because, uh, you know, if you look at your discography, you have a lot of albums. Uh, You know, you played on what? uh, Wow. (laughs) Four albums with your grandfather and Kenny Brown. Yeah. Uh, You've done a bunch of sets of albums with Gary Burnside, Lightning Malcolm, Trent Nairs. different people. uh, Bernard (laughs) Allison. Yeah. What is it about kind of, it seems like you really like collaborative kind of projects. You know, what is it about kind of making music? with another person or making an album with another person that, you know, connects with you? Well, um, uh, I, I like to collaborate. Mm-hmm. I, I do. Um, you know, but here, here lately when I've been writing a, a lot of my music, it's been kind of, you know, unorthodox, you know, like Hill Country, like I grew up with. Yeah. And that's because I've been, you know, uh, um, I played with my big daddy for so long. Um, and you know how people say, you know, you be around a person so long, you started looking like them, you know, you started walking like them. Um, and so that rhythm has been in my heart and been in my soul since I was a kid, you know, and going on the road with him and um, looking at his, you know, just his stage presence and, um, you know, the way he moved his fingers on the guitar, which is incredible I, I you know I, I wouldn't try to uh, I guess fill his shoes mm-hmm. because I think that would be impossible yeah but I I will you know do the music that I love and that he showed me how to do you know along with Junior Kimbrough and and Mr. Ota Turner you know mm-hmm. as well but um just being on the road with my big daddy for you know so long I I love that old school sound you know and and a lot of my songs um, you know, it's they they modern songs, but they could sound really, really old. You yeah. know, and it's it's not nothing that I'm trying to do. It's just what's in me. You know, it just what comes out. You know, and and sometimes it could be a little unorthodox. And uh, I don't had drummers play with me, um, and they'd be like, uh, "Where do I come in at? <laughs> you know, <laughs> how do how do I start this?" And, uh-huh. and I I can't tell them. You know, mm-hmm. I, I can just tell you like. Look, man, when I play this note, you come in right there, you know. <laughs> uh, that's all I can tell them, you know. Um, yeah. And there have been times when I went in the studio and, and played the guitar and the drums um, because I'm the only one that could put the drums behind it, you mm. know. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm proud of, of, of my music, and, uh, but I'm most proud of, um, you know, my big daddy really giving me the chance to, you know, um, make my way out there and, um, you know, do my thing, make my name, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I thank him and, and, uh, you know, the good Lord. Wow. Well, you know, I was going to ask you that. I feel mm-hmm. like maybe you answered it a little bit, but, um, <laughs> your music is such a mix of, you know, it's, you know, traditional hill country blues, but then you kind of put your own spin on it. Yeah. And I was going to ask if that balance was difficult for you, but it seems like it's just kind of, it just comes out of you. It's you know? who I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's who I am. Uh-huh. Um, 
a guy asked me a while back, uh, maybe about right before the pandemic, uh, I think it was 2018. He was like, man, what do you be thinking about when you write your music? It's almost like when you go in the studio, you already got it, you know, in your mind. Like you don't have to, you know, go back over it. You already got it, you know, where you want it. And um, I told him, I said, you correct. You know, you are totally correct because when I'm at home and I write these songs, I play these songs, you know, two or three, four months Mm -hmm. before I go in the studio and record them. Because when I go in the studio, I don't want to waste no time in the studio. I want to lay these songs down and, and, you know, on to the next one. I, I find myself sitting there on my couch at home and and you know I might be bored I grab the guitar and if I grab it I'm gonna come up with something it, it could be one song it could be three or four songs in the same day yeah. you know um, or I go out on the porch uh, I, I get inspired by listening at the birds you know um, cool. <laughs> that's Mississippi you know oh, yeah, um, yeah, of course. but um, I, I love to write I love to not just write my music but write music that people can relate to and understand. Yeah, you know? yeah, of course. Well, I wanted to talk um, a little bit about um, a special project from your discography, the uh, album that you did with your brother Cody, your late brother oh, wow. who passed away. The Way uh, I Am. Yeah, The Way I Am. Can you talk about that project and kind of how it came to be? Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was 2012. Um, he actually passed 2012 as well, oh. but um, maybe about four months before he passed, we actually got in the studio and and was able to record, um, and we did it at a f- uh, good friend uh, house in New Orleans, and uh, the guy that recorded that album um, was his name was Jesse Hyatt. We knew Jesse. I knew Jesse for maybe about a year, two years. Um, but Cody was, you know, he was good at at rapping that's what he he loved yeah. to do you know i i always told him he got the mississippi flows you know mm-hmm. um and one day i was just sitting in the front room of my house and i was playing a song and he started rapping with it and i was like oh okay that's that's pretty cool you know yeah. that's pretty cool and um i said okay okay you, that's that's cool let me let me play this one so i, I played another song and he's like, okay, okay, well, come on, keep on going, keep on going. And he came up with something for that song. And I was like, all right, so, um, you know, I, I think we need to we need to do something with this. Yeah. You know, and, and so that's where um, the way I am come from. Wow. You know, us just sitting in the front room and, and just I'm coming up with some grooves and and some, you know, some words and he coming up with some with some lyrics. And, yeah. And we just decided to do that album. You know? Yeah, it's cool. It's a a neat merger of like hip hop and blues, yeah. and uh, I I just think that's really an, it's such an interesting project, and then special that you were able to do it with your brother. Yeah, uh, and kind of like merge y'all two kind of musical styles. Yeah, um, I thank you, the Lord that we was able to do something. You know, before he oh passed, yeah, of course yeah. What know? a great record of you know y'all yeah. collaboration. Um, do you are you influenced by hip hop yourself in your own music? You know, um, I, I used to listen at it uh, more when I was a teenager. Yeah. You know, um, late teenager. Um, but I, I've been around blues 
so much in my life. Yeah. You know, um, till that's, you know, that's basically what I have on my phone is, mm-hmm. is blues. Um, but I, I, you know, when I listen at rap, I I would listen at a little, you know, old school rap, you know, yeah. uh, uh, Run DMC. I would listen mm-hmm. at, you know, them and, and a little LL Cool J I would listen at, you know. Um, but but for the most part, uh, it was just blues. And, and I love funk. Yeah, oh, know, yeah. I, I love R&B funk. Like, uh, I love the Isley Brothers, you know, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Um, um, Earth, Wind, and Fire, you know, that's uh, mm-hmm. a lot of music that I like. Um, but for the most part, it was blues. Yeah. You know, my big daddy, that's another thing he did when he was a kid. He always played a, a lot of the old school uh, blues cats, you know, uh, Muddy Waters and, and Highland Wolf, you right. know, and uh, I never forget um, uh, Mississippi Fred McDowell. He would play him all the time, you know, and um, mm-hmm. and I, I grew to love that music as a kid. Yeah, and a a lot of my you know a lot of the grandkids, my cousins and stuff, they would get so tired of it, they would have to go outside. Like I'm tired of hearing that music, you know. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing it. It's play too much. But I was one of those grandkids that was like, oh, keep yeah. on playing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome! All right. Hi, I'm Maria Zerang. You are listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The Arts Hour is a co-production of the Mississippi Arts Commission and MPB Think Radio. You can also listen to the show on Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5. To have access to all Arts Hour interviews, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find AutoCorrect helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour and MPB Think Radio. I'm Maria Zerang, here with... Musician Cedric Burnside and one of this year's Governor's Arts Awards recipients. Uh, this is part of our series that we're doing at the Arts Commission to honor our recipients. So, yeah, congratulations, Cedric, on that huge honor. Thank you. Thank yeah, you, guys. Looking forward to that <laughs> ceremony. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, well, okay. So before the break, we were kind of talking about um, a lot of the albums that you've done over the course of your career. And I want to talk about the last two that you did, uh, 2018 Spenton County Relic, and then 2021, your Grammy-winning album, I'll Be Trying. Um, These were, I guess, were these like the first solo records that you had done? Yeah, besides besides, um, the way I am with with my brother, you know, it, it was, I guess you'd call that a collaboration um, with my brother. But, um, yeah, those was the first two um, solo albums that I actually done without collaborating with yeah. anybody. What was that process <clears throat> like for you? Was it kind of freeing in a way to kind of do something completely by yourself? Did you miss collaboration? Well, um, you know, I, I, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um when I did Ben Counter Relic, I, I actually wanted to do something um, without collaborating with somebody, uh, even though I love it. But I wanted to do something without collaborating because I wanted to 
I wanted to put more of me out there. And uh, I wanted to put more of what I had in my head. And so that's that's um, what I did with Ben Counter Relic. And that's also what I did with I Be Trying as well. You know, um, I, what I had in my head, I put down uh, the raw, you know, stripped down yeah. um, Hill Country Blues. You know, just like my big daddy and junior and older play. Um, it, it was that, you yeah. know, and, and that's what I love. And, and that's really who I am. So. Uh, you know, what you see is what you get. And I wanted to give the people that, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, they're great <laughs> albums. So thank you. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy those. I wanted to talk about on these two albums. Would you say that these are kind of the more guitar kind of centered than your other stuff? Uh, I would say that yeah. um, I'm playing, um, you know, all the guitar on those mm -hmm. albums. When I'm so used to playing, you know, the drums on on the albums, I'm yeah. I'm playing all the guitar on those albums, um, and also I'm playing some drums on on um, some of them too. Uh, on Ben Counter Relic, my good friend Brian J, he's playing the drums, you know, on on that album, and uh, on I Be Trying, Reed Watson, um, mm -hmm. he's from Florence, Alabama, is playing drums, and I'm I'm. I'm playing drums maybe on about three tracks on I'll Be Trying. But yeah. I'm playing all the guitar. Okay. Like were these, I guess kind of also what I was asking, were these the first albums that you were kind of writing a lot of the songs on the guitar? or? Yes. On, you so are the, correct. Okay. Benton County Relics yes. was kind of like the first one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. You are correct. Yes. I wrote all of those songs. Yeah. Uh, I always try to put um, one or two on there of my big dad. Just, you know, to let people know where I got it from. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure they know, but right. I, I want to, you know, appreciate um, the people who, you know, showed me the ropes. Uh, I want to show them appreciation, you know. And so I, I, on this last album, uh, I Be Trying, I put a Junior Kimbrough song on there um, as well just to, you know, give people a little bit of where I come from, you know. Oh, yeah. As well as another one of my Big Daddy songs, you know. Yeah, of course. So, um, oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah, I love those <laughs> nods to uh, yeah. your mentors. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yes. Well, um, you know, you have another collaborator, though, on your newest album, I Be Trying, and that's mm -hmm. your daughter, Portrica. She's featured. Oh, yeah, correct, what, correct. <laughs> is she featured on what a few songs, one song? Well, she just did that one song. Mm -hmm. And and I'm going to tell you, I, I, didn't, I didn't even know that, you know, she was serious about it. She was like, Dad, I want to sing that song with you. Um, you know, I was practicing that song, you know, mm -hmm. to go in the studio and record it. And um, and she said, I want to sing that song with you. And I thought she was just kidding, you know. Yeah. She got a beautiful voice. Um, and so I was like, okay, you serious? She was like, yeah. So we started, you know, going over the song before I went to the studio. And, you know, it, it sounded good. I was like, okay, so we, we definitely going to try this. I didn't know if she was going to get nervous when she got to the studio or not, you know, but when she got there, you know, she was, she was a soldier, man. She was like, yeah, let's go up in this thing. Let's do it. And we laid it down and it turned out perfect. You yeah. know, it, it turned out perfect. And I have to say, I'm so proud of her. And, um, you know, I'm just glad that she even wanted to, you know, be a part of, of my music. You know, uh, I know she'd been listening at me her whole life and, and she loved my music, but, um, you know, I, I didn't think that she, you know, really had the, you know, the nerve to 
to get in the studio and and you know want want somebody to you know hear her voice. I thought she would be really really shame you know but yeah. she wasn't she she did a thing yeah kind of like when you uh yeah. jumped on the drums, on the drums exactly yep that's right that's right <laughs> wow well do you think she's going to yep. be the next generation of burnside musicians you know that's a good question <clears throat> um she still sings right now uh she's starting to um actually write her, her own songs more um so who knows you know um we might, you know, might just have a, you know, the first Burnside girl band, you know. Uh, oh wow, yeah. I, I just, um, I just had um, <clears throat> my new little baby girl. Oh, was just born. Um, twenty twenty two. You know, September twentieth, and um, she's almost two now. Well, she's one and a half, and she always going to the guitar. I got guitars at the house, and she's strumming them, man, and. I set up the drums and it, man, I'm talking like at one year old, she grabbed the drumsticks. She can't reach the foot pedal, but she just boom, 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 boom. She beating on everything. Yeah. She loved music. So, wow. Yeah. yeah maybe another working on it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, that's great. And what do you kind of see, you know, talking about your children, um, what do you see for the future of the Hill Country Blues? Do you think it'll continue? I, I know it will. Um, matter of fact, um, I, I didn't tell you, I got a brand new album that uh, actually is about to drop. Oh, awesome. Um, April the 5th um, of this year. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, my first single actually drops on Friday. Oh, wow. Which will be the 12th. Okay, yeah. January 12th. Yep, and January what's 12th. the uh, title of that single? Hill Country Love. Hill Country Love. <laughs> All right. And then what's the new album so people can keep an eye out well, for Well, the new album is called Hill Country Love. Hill Country Love. Love. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's what it's called. Okay. Well, that single yeah, is the new album. Yeah, y'all check that out. That's great. Yeah. I wrote this album a while ago, and I'm actually so happy for it to be coming out. Okay. You have your guitar here uh, where we were recording, and so do you want to play us a song? Of course I do. Okay, great. All right. Well, what do you, what do you want to play for us? I, I actually was uh, thinking about playing you guys a brand new song off the new album that's that'll be out on in April. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. This song is called Toll on Day Life. Oh, they 
daylight, on daylight, on daylight, on daylight. It can really take a toll on. It can really take a toll on daylight, on daylight. Hey. It can really take a toll on. It can really take a toll on daylight, on daylight, on daylight, on daylight. It can really take a toll on. It can really take a toll on daylight, on daylight. Really take a toll on. On daylight, really take a toll on them. On daylight, really take a toll on them. On daylight, really take a toll on them. On daylight, it can really take a toll on. It can really take a toll on daylight. Awesome. Okay, Cedric, as we're kind of wrapping up this interview, I just want to say thank you so much for coming. It has been such Thanks a pleasure talking with you this hour. Uh, where can our listeners find your music? Oh, well, they can find me on um, all music platforms, Spotify, Apple Music. Um, and you can go to my uh, website, uh, information on there. You can get you know the new album on there. Um, and so, yeah, you can get it just about everywhere. All right, and yeah. what is that URL for that website? Sedgeburnside.net. Thanks for listening, and remember to tune in each week for the Mississippi Arts Hour, a co-production of MPB Think Radio and the Mississippi Arts Commission. Thanks for listening to this MPB Think Radio podcast. MPB depends on support from listeners, so if you can, please contribute today at mpbonline.org. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart devices podcasting platform. <laughs>